invite you to remain standing as you are able for our scripture reading today, which comes from the book of Colossians. Um, as we continue in our worship, I invite you to receive these words. They may be familiar ones, but God continually speaks new life into scripture. That is the power of God's word. Let us receive God's word for us today. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body, you were called to peace and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it, in, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Friends, this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks. One of... The joys um, and challenges of being a pastor is coming off of the excitement of Christmas Eve when it falls on funky weekends like this one. Um, and so I am just so thankful to be here with you again, uh, to see your faces again and uh, new faces that weren't here on Christmas Eve. But we, as we continue in this Christmas season, it is, it is such a joy to be in a community of faith. Let us turn to God in an attitude of prayer. God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. When it comes to Christmas, many of us can remember and hearken back to different memories of Christmas in the years in which we have lived. We can remember uh, Christmas gifts that we have received. We can remember crazy journeys uh, as we traveled to friends or families, homes. For me, one of the most memorable Christmases of my experience was when I was living and serving in Thailand. I had the amazing opportunity to live and serve um, as a volunteer with a nonprofit organization in Thailand uh, for a nine month period during um, my time in seminary. And while I was there, we had Christmas celebration. And one of the things that was really, really wonderful was that my family was able to come over for that Christmas celebration uh, from the States. They came over to celebrate Christmas with us uh, there in Thailand. Now, Thailand is a little bit different because it is not a country where the majority of people are Christians. Only about 5% of the population there is actually Christian. Um, the rest of them, the majority of folks are Buddhist uh, that live there in that place. And so you don't have the same community and cultural structure around Christianity, right? Um, they don't have off of work on Christmas Eve. Um, that's just not something that happens. And because of the way that Christmas is not as 
culturally relevant or culturally um, sustained there, it takes on a little bit different meaning. So for instance, uh, the community that I was a part of, rather than Christmas celebrations that happened um, in individual homes, right? We have our Christmas celebrations at our homes where we um, eat a meal and we enjoy food um, and we open our presents that we have gotten for each other and that we're excited about and gather around the Christmas tree. But rather than those traditions of kind of that family structure, for the faith community, that minority Christian community in Thailand, Christmas was all about the community. It was all about the larger community in the church. So on Christmas Day, instead of gathering in the home of my host family with my family that had come over from the States, instead of um, buying presents and things like that, we gathered on the grounds of the church there in Chiang Mai, we gathered on the grounds of the church and they had a huge meal that everyone participated in. It wasn't anything fancy, um, but it was just a huge meal for that Christian community. And we played sports games. Um, My father and my uncle and my brother all played soccer, um, which I had never seen my father play soccer before. Um, It was quite a sight to behold. Um, but, But we just had this amazing time of community, celebrating the presence of Christ coming into the world, not just for individual families with gifts, but, but this larger Christian community. And it was, it was more, not more powerful, I love uh, Christmas celebrations here, but it was just, it was so different. It was different in a place where Christmas was not the norm, where that act of gathering on this one day was so separate from culture. There was something that set them apart on that day when they celebrated the birth of Christ from the rest of those in their country, in their nation. They were set apart. As we read this letter to the Colossians, it is the assigned reading of the lectionary, um, the New Testament scripture reading, uh, the the epistle, the letter reading for today, um, of the assigned lectionary readings of the global church. Uh, So all across the world, um, if folks are reading a New Testament scripture other than the gospel and they're following these readings, they will be reading this scripture. This scripture that seems perhaps a little out of place when we've heard that gospel story of Jesus, but I think it invites us to think very intentionally about what it means to be a people that live set apart when Christ comes into our lives. How we are to live as a people set apart, a what the scripture says in this translation, chosen people, holy and dearly loved. What does it mean to be a chosen people, holy and dearly loved? A chosen people. Now, I don't know about you, but sometimes when I think of that phrase, chosen people, it makes me feel a and kind of think of being a privileged people, right? I am chosen for something special. 
um, a, a privileged people. But in scripture, when Paul talks about the people of God, the followers of Jesus being chosen people, it is not a word or a phrase defined by privilege, but by responsibility. They are holy, which means set apart. And they are dearly loved by the Lord Jesus who came into this world to live and to die and to be resurrected so that they might have new life. And because of that, they have a responsibility to be different, to be set apart, to live in a way that Jesus incarnate, Jesus in them, is experienced as they are the body of Christ for the world. And so they are to be different. There should be something different about these people that celebrate the birth of Jesus and perhaps more importantly, live into his presence, not only at Christmas, but all throughout the year. There should be something different. The descriptors that Paul has here in his letter to the Colossians, these instructions to that early Christian church are really powerful ones, beautiful words, inviting them to live lives of compassion, of kindness, of gentleness, of patience, of forgiveness, of humility. This descriptor goes so against the grain of what the world near, all, usually values, doesn't it? What the people around us and sometimes even the church tends to elevate and to celebrate. Many times when we say we are to be kind, to use kind words, to be humble, to be generous, to be compassionate on all people. We're told that, that that's a naive way of thinking, right? How can you really be kind to all people? How can you really be gentle and compassionate, right? If we're supposed to get ahead in this world, if we're supposed to succeed in this world, we have to live in the real world where people aren't nice, where we have to be on our guard, where we have to prepare to be defensive if someone challenges us, right? In some ways, we are told that it is naive to be these people that Paul is talking about. But I would argue that Paul knows the real world. He was living in a time where people were under threat. He himself suffered greatly being imprisoned. He knew of cruelty. He himself did cruelty to other people. He knew that humans have the capacity to do horrible things to one another, which is why in his instructions, he not only says that people are to be kind and gentle and humble and compassionate, but that they are to forgive. Because he knows that we humans don't always get it right. That we aren't always gonna be kind. 
that we are going to use mean words, that we are going to do things that hurt one another. But that is why there is forgiveness. That is why that is an important part of that set apart, holy and dearly loved identity as well. Forgiveness is also at the core of who we are. And it will be necessary. It will always be necessary because we are human beings. You know, when Paul is talking to the church at Colossae, we don't necessarily get this from reading the English translation, but whenever he is writing to people, he is not writing to them as individuals. He is writing to them as a community, as a y'all. It's as if Paul is saying, y'all, y'all are chosen people as a collective, as a community. Y'all are to be kind and compassionate as a collective, as a community. You, plural, are to be a set-apart, holy, and dearly loved people of God that make a difference in God's world. Humans have a great capacity to cause great hurt for other people. It's true. We know this in our lives. But we also have a great capacity to share great love with other people. Because we are created in love and for love by the one who is love itself. This week, I listened to a podcast with an interview of Bishop Michael Curry, who is the presiding bishop of the Episcopal Church. And in this interview, Bishop Curry told a story about when he was younger and he was acting out as teenagers do. And he was being a little lazy as teenagers sometimes do as we all sometimes do if we're honest with ourselves. And his dad said, Michael, you are not here on this earth to simply take up oxygen. In other words, he said, and the, the words that his father shared with him, you're not here to simply take up oxygen. You have a purpose. There is something more that you are created to do. You are created for something more. And Bishop Curry said, we are created in love. We are created in love and for love. We are created to receive compassion and to be compassionate. We are created to be forgiven. That is why Jesus came and we are created to forgive. That is our response to why Jesus came. We are called to be a holy and beloved people. That is who we are. You notice that when Paul begins these instructions to the people, it doesn't begin with their instructions to do the hard work of kindness and compassion and humility and forgiveness. Yes, he instructs them to do that, but before he does, he says, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, 
We can be all these things. We have the capacity to do all this good because of who we are and whose we are, which is we are beloved, dearly loved and holy children of our Lord, who is love itself. The early Christians, as they lived there in that time of persecution, as they lived there in these communities trying to live in to this following of Jesus, as they tried to live in to this identity that Paul was instructing them about, these early Christians drew people to them because people saw something in them that they wanted to experience. They saw something in them. They saw kindness. They saw compassion. They saw gentleness and humility, and they said, I wanna be a part of that. I know that the world is broken. I know that I have fears and anxieties and hurts. I know that humans have the capacity to hurt one another. I hurt other people and I experience hurt myself, but there is this community that is doing life differently even with all of that hurt. There is this community that is loving each other, that is experiencing kindness in the face of destruction. There is a community that is choosing forgiveness over harboring anger. There is a community that is living in love. And people wanted to be a part of that. Friends, as we think about the church, as we think about who we are as Jesus followers in this Christmas season, looking towards a new year, how are we to live into that identity of holy and dearly loved people that others can see and say, I want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of something that changes the hurt and the anger and the vengeful spirit. I want to be a part of something that doesn't hold on to grudges, but that seeks something more. I want to be a part of love, because I think we all yearn for that. And we have the capacity for that because we, friends, are holy and dearly loved people, loved by the one who is love itself. Edmund Burke has the quote that's very famous that many of us have heard before, saying that the only thing that is necessary for evil to succeed is for good people to do nothing. In Michael Curry's interview, he took that quote by Edmund Burke and he said, I believe that the only thing necessary for good to succeed is for good people to do something. What would it look like, friends, if in 2022, all of us who celebrated Christ's birth this weekend were to be, truly seek to be Christ for the world? If we were to truly live into this identity as the holy and beloved that we are? 
What would it mean if we faced anger with kindness? What would it mean if instead of harboring grudges, we sought forgiveness? What would it mean instead of holding on to vengeful spirits that eat us up inside, we sought to have those hearts of peace that Paul talks about. Imagine, I believe that that could transform the world. Let us live into that identity as holy and dearly loved people. And as we face the new year this week, as this week we look towards that new year and we seek to make our new year's resolutions, let us seek to make them in the spirit of God, in the spirit of seeking after this identity of living into that identity of holy and dearly loved people. Because I believe that that will change the world. After the last two years that we have had, filled with suspicion and cynicism and sarcasm and hate and verbal abuse and all sorts of awful things that tear us down and tear us apart, let us seek to have hearts of peace. Let us seek to be the holy and dearly loved people that God has created us to be.